Hello, Elwood City Limits listeners. It's Will Young here. And if you are on our Patreon, patreon.com slash Elwood City Limits, you heard this earlier. It's another edition of ECL Presents, our irregular interview and spotlight portion of the show. And today I got the chance to talk to Deb Frank. Deb worked for GBH for many years as a coordinating and associate producer with a few shows, including Arthur. You may have seen her name attached to the Arthur social medias, to the articles in the last couple of years about Arthur's finale, the finale of the show. And Deb has experience with Arthur. She has experience at PBS and GBH, and she now works with Augen Blick Studios. And she's going to let you know what's going to be coming up after her time on Arthur and into the future. Deb's great. I really enjoyed speaking with her, and I think you'll like what she has to say as well. I found it to be very interesting as a fan. I'll just make a quick technical note here. We recorded this over Zoom, and I did not record my own audio. I was on Audacity. I was so excited that I forgot to do that, and that tends to happen sometimes. I forget one or two things. So the audio quality for me is not up to where you might normally hear it, but it's completely audible. I just get a little bit picky about that sort of thing, and really, the content is all there. Deb is a great interview. I hope you enjoyed this edition of ECL Presents. Thanks so much to our patrons who got to hear this first, and now, here it is, my interview with Deb Frank. Yeah, what I really wanted to start off with is, first of all, you know, we're talking about just our podcast, Elwood City Limits, and our Patreon podcast, which is about PBS Kids in general, very focused on public television. And what I first wanted to ask you is how you originally got involved with public television. So what is the career path for getting involved with that? Yeah, that's a great question. Um you know, uh, when I was in undergrad, um, I sort of figured out that I really liked kids' media. I, I knew I liked how kids think and learn, but I knew I didn't want to be a teacher, and I've always been a total TV nerd. Like, I'm one of those grew up without cable PBS kids, <laughs> um, and part of that is just because, you know, I don't know, my parents didn't want to have cable, but also I think because we watched enough TV that they were like, we can't give you more channels. <laughs> um, and so when I was in college, I, like, figured out I could marry those those two things, and I sort of made this niche thing where I studied a lot of kids' media. So I was on a research team called the Children's Television Project where we did a content analysis of kids' TV, and I wrote an undergraduate thesis on female gender stereotypes in children's animated television. And oh, wow. I didn't know if I wanted to go into research or production. Like, I, you know, I didn't know what my thing was. Um, uh, and I ended up, <clears throat> um, you know, my, my university, like, had this sort of pretty good relationship with WGBH in Boston, now GBH. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, I think because it was so clear that I was interested in education and TV and not just um cartoons you know i think a lot of people get into this because they love cartoons and yeah, i do love yeah. cartoons and i love animation but i really entered this with like a very clear like what can kids learn and really what's missing from the landscape like what what is there not enough of what are kids not seeing enough of that was really mm -hmm. where i started um so pbs was really the natural landing place for that because you know historically it's been and and currently you know it's just it's a really great place for kids to learn, especially kids that don't have access to like a really other good education. Mm -hmm. um, so I ended up at GBH. I actually started as an intern on the digital side of things. I was working on PBS Kids apps and games and websites okay. and stuff as an intern. 
Um, and I sort of tried to convince myself that's what I wanted to do. Uh, and then when a production assistant position posted uh, for Arthur, I was like, no, I want to be <laughs> in storytelling and TV. That's what I love. That's my, that's where my heart is. Right. Um, uh, so I moved over from after my internship and, and mm -hmm. then worked my way up uh, the production ladder um, on the programming side, on the TV side. Um, and, and, you know, I think a lot of people, it, what, what's so cool about public media is that you've got a lot of people that love, they start as teachers or professors or, you know, they start education. And then you've got a lot of people who went to art school and were animators and, um, you know, or people that, that just like cartoons or like TV or, or, or that third path is just people that like you that just like public media, people that, you know, grew up with public media and go, I want to work at the station that always, you know, showed me what I loved when I was a kid, you know, stuff like that. So um, I think, I think a lot of people end up there different ways. My, my path was uh, pretty um, specifically educational kids mm -hmm. TV. That's that's really interesting to 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 kind of figure out where you came into it. I I wanted to ask a supplemental question about that in terms of the timeline of things. You mentioned your um your thesis in your university program about kind of um where cartoons were at the time. Around what time would you have been writing that? Like what was the cartoon landscape that you were looking at in the, at yeah. that time? Um, so that's a great question. So um, I was at Tufts University in Boston, and um, uh, I was I graduated in 2015. So uh, the research, like the data that we were working on, like I had also, in addition to writing the thesis, I was one of the quote unquote coders. Like I was one of the people watching stuff, and um, and we would, uh, you know, we would sort of rank is the wrong word. Give give it code. We would give a number, an assignment, quantify um, things like every character's sociolinguistic profile do they sound like they have an accent are they young or old are they pretty are they ugly are they funny are they competent like we, we sort of analyzed all of, and then we would see how many characters there were that were white that were women that were mm -hmm. and so um it was a big content content analysis like that and the way we picked the sample was um uh what is most watched by kids so um, it wasn't what is, you know, so, so there were things in the sample, like Arthur was in the sample and My Little Pony was in the sample, um, but also Bob's Burgers. And when people would say, but that's not a kid's show, we would say, but kids watch it. Kids see cartoons on TV and they go, this is for me. Right. And so um, I'm trying to think of what else was in the sample. There were a couple of movies. I had to code Princess and the Frog. So I watched that like 300 times. <laughs> um, it, was, it was a lot. Um, oh, there was a How to Train Your Dragon TV show at the time, Dragons of Burke or something. It was a Netflix show. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, at the time, what we had found was it was, you know, a lot of characters are white. A lot of them are boys. Um, everybody's funny because mm -hmm. kids won't watch things if it's not funny. Of course. <laughs> um, but it, but that's a good question because also it's really hard to pick what we would analyze. And even now, since, you know, it's been, I don't want to say all that, eight years, I guess. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, even now, the TV landscape has drastically changed. Yes. There are like three times as many TV shows now. Oh, I mean, yeah. that, don't, don't quote me on that number. That's no, anecdotal. No. But, yeah, of course. you know, there's there are so many more places and platforms for, for TV to be now that I think that study would, you know, have to have a completely different approach to picking things because 
um, in addition to there being so many more shows, a lot of companies like Netflix, you know, they don't reveal their statistics. So yeah. it'd be hard to know their analytics of how many kids are watching what, you know. Mm-hmm. So, of course, million dollar question here. You you kind of mentioned it, that how you started getting into Arthur and how you eventually got involved. So tell us a little bit about what positions you held within Arthur specifically and what those positions required you to do. I feel like there can be I, I like it's been interesting over the past couple of years to see a couple of names such as yours become no I wouldn't say part of the brand but like the, almost the spokespeople for the television show and the and the brand and all that sort of thing. Um there's like yourself, Carol Greenwald's name I've seen a lot, Mark Brown obviously. Um but I would love the specifics about what it was with Arthur in the time that you were with it, because you and I, like you, you, you mentioned you graduated in 2015. So it would have probably been around a similar time that you took the, the PA position with Arthur that we actually probably started the podcast like 2016, 2017 <laughs> around then. So we've both been involved with Arthur in vastly different roles and <laughs> <laughs> degrees of closeness for a while. So yeah, uh, like how, how, in what ways were you involved with the show? Wow, I'm honored to be considered a spokesperson for for this brand. I mean, I I lived and breathed it for many years, but there are so many people behind Arthur and people that did it much longer than me. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so yeah, so obviously Carol and Mark, um, you know, they're, uh, you know, large and in charge. Um, I you know I think so. I started as a production assistant. Um, I was working under Carol. I think I was really fortunate in terms of timing. Um, that the the producer above me and the other PA at the time were both sort of transitioning off. So for a while, it was just me and Carol. And it was real, I, we used to call it baptism by fire, that mm-hmm. like, I just sort of got thrown in the mix as a production assistant. And everyone in public media is what we would call a head chef and a bottle washer. You know, you're doing everything. We're, we're a lean industry. Um, so, you know, I... I had to learn really fast. I didn't know anything about animation production. You know, I came from a university where I was studying social science and and media practice a little bit. Um, So I did a lot of like, you know, when I started out, it was a lot of just being in the room where it happens and like taking notes and being on all the phone calls and reviewing all the designs and animation and animatics. And, um, you know, Carol very quickly recognized that voice records with the actors were kind of my favorite thing. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I come from theater. I'm a I'm an improviser. I'm a comedian. So, so the acting part was kind of my favorite and she was like, Oh good. And so she would leave me in the room (laughs) and do that and be like, I have other things to do. Deb can handle this. Uh, So that was something that very quickly became sort of the thing that I, I owned um, because I love, I love, I love the cast so much. I love them all so much and I love working with them and they're all so funny and so talented and so good at keeping these characters alive for so long. Um, so, you know, I would sit in on voice records. Um, but in addition, like I said, we were a lean team. So I, I think to answer your question about how I sort of became a name associated with the show, which is uh, an embarrassing thing to say, um, uh, is that I was managing all of the social media. We didn't have a social media team. And I was handed keys to this really big castle and told, have fun, you know, like make it. And we were at a really interesting time in social media, I think, in terms of, I mean, social media has obviously changed so much since whatever, it's inception 2006-ish. But like, you know, at that time, the idea of why would a kid's show have a, have a page and kids aren't on social media, so who who is it for? And But Arthur has these nostalgia fans. And so I had this really fun playground on the internet where I got to be like, who am I speaking to? I'm speaking to educators. I'm speaking to 
caregivers and parents, but also fans that grew up with the show. And how do I walk this line of, you know, talking about our new episodes and wanting people to watch them, but also being like, hey, fans, we see what you're doing on the internet and we love it, some of it. And, and, yeah, yeah. and you know, like we love <laughs> that you see this brand as something that you can still engage with in your 20s. Um, so I think to answer that part of the question, I think managing all of the social media became how, like, you know, I got, I guess, a little bit deeper into the brand. Um, also, you work on it long enough and you get this semi-encyclopedic knowledge. I can tell you production numbers of episodes. You just sort of, you dream in animation. Um, uh, yeah, so, you know, and then, um, so, yeah, I mean, I worked up from being a PA. I did things like we would go film all the live action stuff with our live action producer and director, Jeff Adams. And so I would go on those shoots. Um what else did I do? I, you know, I helped with all the promotion and rollout. Um, it was really, it was really a bit of everything. And then, you know, when you get to the end of a production cycle and you start the next one, I got to really take on a lot more responsibility and, um, you know, going to the writer's meetings was always fun going and like sitting down and thinking about what stories we were going to tell. Um, uh, but, you know, I think something to know about the Arthur production is it is sort of half in the U S half in Canada. So, Pre-COVID, we were doing this like remote work thing that I think a lot of people got used to where, you know, in Boston, it was really in the office. It would be like me and eventually what my, my co-producer, Nicole Velez, joined um, and Carol were the only ones sort of. And then, of course, all the production, you know, the, the external promotional teams at GBH and all the other departments that contribute to the show. But in terms of the production team, it was the three of us in Boston. And then, uh, you know, our animation studio Oasis in, in Montreal and the actors in Montreal and Toronto. And um, so there's a lot of sending things back and forth and, and you know, doing a lot of a lot of my job was keeping the gears moving and making sure everyone gets all of the materials and information that they need on time. That was that's probably the quickest, briefest summary of what I did. Well, it's, you know what? It's really interesting for me to hear that perspective about. I mean, it's all it's all great. This is it it's just, really, it's just okay, a, sorry. It's, well, just a, just a little boring. sneak peek behind the scenes. But it's it's interesting because you're ta you mentioned that we kind of got into Arthur, quote unquote, around the same time, and your so to learn that you were kind of the person behind the social media at least for a certain time. I mean, I want to take a second to affirm you because. From the beginning, oh, we were tr like, we have been trying to kind of chase the Arthur social media in terms of like, <laughs> yes, we've, you've probably seen a couple of updates on Friday, just like, oh, we, we mentioned you on Twitter that our new episodes come out. But really, it's what I, what I really always and continue to like about Arthur's social media presence is how much it is tailored towards it really manages to thread the needle as you said between all the different audiences who are there for arthur content one of the reasons why we started the podcast when we did was to capitalize on the arthur memes that were booming in the mid 2010s and then to see the arthur social media the official arthur social media not just be you know it, it, it there is an element of it that is explicitly for children and i think it does that well but there was also a part of it that's like you know, a little, a little jokey, a little like a, a little, little bone. Get the internet. Yeah, all that kind of thing. So really, I've been very impressed with the way that the Arthur social media and how it has continued to ramp up over the years to include video and to include a lot of other elements that I think it's really it has been doing a great job for a long time. So it's cool to know that you were a part of that. And uh, 
from from <laughs> yeah, you know, you one know, they, Arthur social media team to another here. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> you know, and, and right as I was as I was leaving GBH, um, you know, we were ramping up the Arthur TikTok, and that was sort of one of the last things mm. I had before I left. And it's been it was so fun for me having you know <laughs> left the Arthur world and moving on to other stuff and seeing all the TikToks that were coming out. I was mm. you know, it was like they they really uh, that team really um found that new that new world that I wasn't really a, a huge part of at least it didn't really exist when I was right. managing it and they've been super funny and really good at capitalizing on capitalizing on um trends on TikTok. Yeah, they're do, they're doing really well with that as well. Um so near the end I want to ask you about the newer projects that you're very excited about but during your time with PBS like let's say a little bit post Arthur or maybe at the same time what other projects were you involved with at PBS? Besides yeah, Arthur. Yeah, so, so I was at GBH. It's complicated. GBH, I was at GBH. Yeah, yeah. Like PBS, it, I, they, were P, they, they were PBS projects. It's fine. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I mean, we were a really uh, scrappy department when I was there for a little bit, and then we, we really expanded. And it was really nice. I've worked on all sorts of stuff. Um, I worked on the Pinkalicious and Peterific pilot a little bit. One of the fun things I got to do was go out for storybook testing so we would go out with kids and I got to like read the story and do the different character voices because because <laughs> they were like Deb likes to do that um uh I helped out with the Molly of Denali pilot a little bit um uh oh my gosh uh there was this sort of smaller digital video integrated project that we did sort of during COVID called Team Hamster that was a spin-off of Rough Roughman that was super fun I it was really great to work on a project that was more like game oriented with the digital team, which are just, you know, they're so fabulous and it was such a fun opportunity to work closely with them. Um, and, and then the last thing I did right before I left GBH was I was actually on um, a new series that's coming out. Oof. I think in February called work it out wombats, um, which is a new um, series that'll be on PBS um, uh, with a computational thinking curriculum. Um, so uh, yeah. So I was on that for a while too. Um, you know, for, for a lot of the years I was, I was there, Arthur was sort of my home base and I would work on other things. Um, but when we were in high Arthur production, that really, that took precedent, I guess. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I worked on a bunch of stuff and then, you know, we did some non-PBS stuff, but it was, you know, GBH is really, um, a big PBS production right. house and, and, and channel also. Of course. So getting back to Arthur, um, can you tell, like you've, you obviously gave me a little bit of a taste of like what it was like to work there. Do you have any specific memories of working on Arthur that you, that you really treasure looking back at it? Oh God. So many. Um, I, I would not be half the producer I am if it were not for, for everyone at GBH and Carol Greenwald and this, and this whole show. Um, a really one that comes to mind um, is we we did this special, this musical special called "The Rhythm and Roots." Of yeah, um, and it was such a fun special to work on, and I have so many fond memories of it. Um, there was a time when we were working on one of the songs, "DW's Bored in the Car," mm -hmm. and the lyrics just weren't working, and it wasn't feeling right. Not, I mean, our writer had done a great job, but like it just it it didn't feel done. Yeah. And um, Nicole Velez and I, my co-producer, and I just sat down, and you know, she also comes from theater and music, and we were like, "What if we just?" And we didn't. We just sort of sat down and started messing with it, and we we rejiggered a lot of the lyrics. We rewrote some stuff. We're sitting there timing it out in meter and rhyming, and we're just sitting at our. And Carol comes out and is like, what are you ladies doing? We're like, hold on, hold on. And then we like read it out to her. And she's like, I love it. Let's call Peter Hirsch. So we call our head writer and she's like, sing it for Peter. <laughs> <laughs> so over the phone, 
we <laughs> we had to like sing this song to him and he was like it's great um, so that was fun just sort of rewriting a song for one of the episodes um and then you know there were there was so much other good music in that that um and it was actually our last animatic that we watched like moving storyboard of um of that production cycle and it gets to the end and there's just this beautiful song about family and the boards were so good the like the animatic team had done such a good job and carol nicole and i are sitting there and like the last line's like if you're here you're family and it ends and all three of us are like <laughs> sobbing because like you know we always say the arthur family right we say everyone that's ever worked on this show is part of the arthur family because it's huge it's a huge group of amazing people that have worked on this show mm -hmm. and we all were just like it's over and it's of course it's not over <laughs> arthur lives on forever but it was like the last of that regular like cycle um and we were just like crying and then we were like okay <laughs> notes notes we have to give notes <laughs> Yeah, that that episode was really special. I really liked working on it. Yeah, and I think I'll, and I've gotten a lot of positive reaction from kind of our listeners about um, we haven't we haven't really talked about any of the Arthur specials in the way that we do on the podcast. We have done commentaries on them as well, and we actually really enjoyed that one. Uh, if I remember correctly, there's done so much Arthur content. <laughs> no, last... I mean it's okay if you didn't like. <laughs> no, I, I no, I genuinely think we did. Like, if, if there there have been other ones that we've been a little bit more lukewarm on because, of course, my co-host and I we been watching since like 1996 1999 <laughs> so you know sometimes we get our nose up in the air a little bit but uh i think no i remember all, right. all good art needs good critics <laughs> <laughs> well well you'll have to settle for me um but but i do remember really liking the music in that one and the, the just having an arthur musical is still there's only been a couple of times where they've done that on the show, so it was really novel in a, in a fun way, and to have it with the new animation. So the last kind of Arthur questions that I want to ask you about have to do with the end of Arthur. So first, so, or the end, I'm putting yeah, up not quotations because it's not, not the end. No, it's Arthur not. Arthur lives on forever. And that's kind of what I was saying as well. Just like like Arthur's ending is just like it's gonna be it's gonna be always here. Like don't don't worry about it, but. So when the television show announced its ending, it, because it did so, if I remember correctly, about a year or so before the actual final episode aired, um, where were you in at that at that time in relation to the Arthur production, and what were your feelings on the television portion of Arthur, that television show, um, coming to an end? Yeah, um, I don't remember where we were in production, but mm. I, I can answer that, like, you know, it was, um, you know, I felt like it was a really conscious decision and everyone was like, you know, it's time for this, you know, like we, we've told a bunch of stories and it's really, I would say it really felt like this sort of natural, like it's time to tell stories in a new way. It really felt like, you know, we're gonna, we're gonna go into short content, we're going to podcasts, we're gonna... Um, it felt like a really natural transition, I think, for the brand. And I also think there, you know, I like I said, we were sad when we watched the last full animatic, but but ultimately, like, I don't know, it, it was really melancholy because we're like, well, it's not ending. Like, it was really easy to just tell ourselves, this isn't over. This brand lives on forever. Mm -hmm. um, it's going to live on in new ways, in ways that are going to reach more kids in the current landscape that we're in. Um, and... And I think like collectively, the Arthur family, right? We all we all knew and we were all like, let's all do this together. And and it, you know, it didn't feel like sort of a scary sudden thing. It felt like a really natural uh ramp to something else. Mm -hmm. And with 
Arthur where it is right now. So as of, you know, October 2022, the podcast has already premiered. It's got its mm-hmm. first couple of episodes. Um, and that's going to be continuing on in terms of bringing Arthur stories through a different medium. Anything else you can tell me about the future of Arthur? Maybe? Well, you know, I'm not working on Arthur anymore. <laughs> that's so true. I'm, I just, I just wondered if maybe you still had your ear to the ground and knew a little I mean, something. Listen, I have my spies. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, we are a family, which means we still talk to each other. Right. Um, uh, you know, as far as I know, like, uh, I think there will be, conti- there will continue to be digital content and, and podcast stuff. That's, that's unfortunately all that I know. Um, but I also know that there's a wonderful team that's still making sure that more Arthur stuff comes out in whatever mm. form it comes out. So there will be more Arthur. I just I don't know in what medium. Fair enough. I wish I had more for you. That's that's quite all right. I mean, like you said, we have the podcast. We do have the the still ongoing video uh, shorts on like the YouTube channel and the social media. I was even talking to uh, a listener of this podcast recently that's about the arthur stage musical that's going on Mm -hmm. in uh wisconsin so that is a form of it and uh it's i'm just we're all we're all very eager to find out what's what's next because uh and and i and i (laughs) (laughs) and and i agree with you of, of just it never felt it i'm really glad to hear the motivations of deciding to end the cartoon series because to me, it also felt like this is a good time to not end, but continue on in a different way. And it felt mm-hmm. I'm glad to hear that that was the intention behind it, yeah. Be- because and because as 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 the Arthur guy in a lot of people's lives, it's just like, oh, it's like Arthur's ending forever. And it's like, it's really it really isn't. And it almost can't be. <laughs> it's, it's 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 so big that it's just like it would never just be gone in instantly. So exactly. It's really glad to hear that. All right. So. Uh, you mentioned a PBS kids show that is going to be coming out in February, 2023. Um, if you'd like to talk a little bit more about that, as well as any other new and new projects that you're involved in right now that we will either be seeing soon or down the line that you're particularly excited about. I'd love to hear kind of where you're at now. Yeah. So, so since leaving GBH, I've been at, um, Augenblick studios in Brooklyn. Um, and we, there's sort of a sub company there called future brain media. That's focusing on kids content. And um, we actually, I've been working on this PBS Kids short series that will actually come out on December 26th, the first 10 episodes. Mm. Um, It's called City Island. Um, And it was announced, I think, a week or two ago. Um, It's really, really fun. It's based on, so it's created by Aaron Augenblick, um, uh, who who created the series and has been our executive producer and showrunner. And um, it's also executive produced by Dan Powell and Gemma Coral, actually. I don't know if you've ever seen her art. She's She does this, in, I mean, she has a ton of Instagram followers. She's amazing. Uh, she's our, our art director and, and executive producer. And she just, uh, the visuals of this show, I love so much. Um, Gemma's art really brings it to life. And so it's a, it's a civics show um, about a little light bulb named Watt and his best friend, Wendy, who's a kite. Um, and uh, they live in City Island, which is a living city where everything is alive. The buildings can talk, the windows can talk, the, I don't know, coffee mugs can talk. There's a dog that's a seltzer can, I think. It's, <laughs> um, so they're all, they're all objects, um, uh, and it's really fun. It's really funny, very zippy, um, and, and it was really nice for me to transition from, from Arthur, where we were actually using a civics curriculum for our last couple seasons, and then transitioning onto this new series um, that's still teaching kids about, you know, how to get involved in their community, how their community works, right? Like 
there's a lot that's just sort of like, what is a post office and how does that work? You know? Um, uh, and so it, it was really fun from it, from a really different show with a sort of different sense of humor to approach that, those educational goals. Um, so I'm really excited for that to premiere uh, on the 26th. Um, I think kids are going to love it. It's really cool to hear how, and and not just to hear, but to see how kids media has evolved since you and I were younger in terms of the theming and the concepts that are trying to be relayed through it. So you mentioned civics with this show or, um, you know, computer science or earlier with Molly of Denali um, from, an, you know, from an indigenous point of view. It's just so awesome to see how it continues to evolve and evolve towards the things today that we feel our kids should learn more about. So I'm, that sounds really cool. Like I, I <laughs> yeah, I hope, I hope you enjoy it. Yeah. PBS, PBS is keeping up with the times. <laughs> well, I wish I could have learned about this stuff when I was a kid, but uh, I still got some pretty, pretty good programs then too. All right. So there's one, there's a question that I sometimes forget to ask, but since you were again, part of the Arthur family, I wanted to be sure <laughs> to ask. And I know this, you know, might be, this might be like a, well, I have no favorite, but Favorite Arthur character? Oh gosh! <laughs> it's, it's, I'm it's... thinking about all the actors. It would be like, how dare you pick <laughs> <laughs> them? Now, character. We're not talking. We're not talking. You can take the voice out of it. Okay, favorite character. <laughs> I mean, it, okay. I'm gonna have to say D.W. Mm -hmm. for two reasons. Mm -hmm. um, one, I'm a little sister, and I get it. And she always felt like just the most real. She's so real. Like she is, everyone knows a DW, right? Um, uh, and also I think because she's allowed to, she, she's allowed to push the story and tell stories that other characters don't always get on the show. Um, and she's so fun to write for and she's so fun to to think about. I, I got to say DW also because one of my best friends growing up is a little sister with a brother I think this, they're the same age difference as DW and Arthur. And I mentally can't separate them. Like she just is DW. <laughs> so it, I feel like I have a DW in my life still. Um, I think I'm going to have to say that. We're big time DW defenders on the podcast. Because, <laughs> uh, you know. The some savagery. She's well, so funny. <laughs> I know. She's great. And she does push the story forward in a lot of ways that uh, that people don't appreciate sometimes, I think. And, okay, last, last one. Um, favorite Arthur episode. Now I will get, let you interpret this, whether it's your favorite one to watch or maybe your favorite one that you worked on. And you mentioned mm. rhythm and roots, of course, that obvious, I think that seems to have a home in your heart, but, uh, yeah, just, uh, anything along favorite those lines. Favorite one to watch. Oh gosh. Um, I love the episodes with celebrity guests. I um, always have, even when I was little, um, just because they they really have a, a spark in them. I love the Yo Yo Ma episode. Um, I love DW saying Yo Mama. It's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do. I also I really love Lost, the episode where Arthur gets lost right. on the bus. I'm a city kid. Uh, I you know I I just love that episode. It taught me what to do when I get lost on public transit. <laughs> um, so that's kind of one of my favorites. And yeah, any of the ones with music. Any of the ones that have songs and music, um, 
Yeah. Oh gosh, what a hard question. <laughs> I know, and th- and that's and that's uh, your answers there just illustrate to me of just like Arthur's really sticky, and I know it's like for people of our age group, but I'm glad that it seems to be that way for kids of all ages, from today to the last five years to the last. Uh, 20 years. <laughs> uh, no longer than that. 25. Oh, okay. So, um, but yes, very sticky in the mind and for good reason. I mean, I wouldn't be doing a Arthur podcast if it wasn't sticky. So, Deb, thank you very much for speaking with me. I think that a lot of our listeners um, really appreciate getting to hear from the people who made Arthur possible in one way or another. And I think I speak for all of them, certainly for myself and for my co-host, Lucas. Um, Thank you for all you did with Arthur. We're really excited for what you have coming up next as well. And we wish you all the best. Thanks so much. Thank you so much. Yeah, check out City Island, PBS Kids. (laughs) December 26th. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for the specific date. I th- again, that's going to be very sticky, and that's, I'm going to be like <laughs> Boxing Day, Turkey Sandwiches, and City Island. That's yep. going to be my That's what day. you're going to be doing. <laughs> Thank, <laughs> Thank you, you so Deb. much.